Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. Martin Luther King said, We must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Love that. He also said, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. And that's my prayer for Raleigh, that even though it might look segregated, it might look disunified, there's nothing impossible for God. And I just want us just to take a moment and pray for our city, pray for our state. But I want to pray for our city. I'm telling you, there's undercurrents of racism all throughout the South, all throughout the U.S. But I'm telling you, it's still, and that grieves my heart. I know it breaks God. And we're going to pray about it. We're going to do something about it today. It's Martin Luther King Jr. We're celebrating him tomorrow. We're going to celebrate his legacy today by praying for unity. Jesus, we close our eyes, we bow our head, and God, we look to you. You are where our help comes from. Lord, we lived in a messed up world. It's messed up, God. But Lord, we don't want to be divided. We want to be united. We're all here because of what you've done for us. Father, for every race, for every person, we ask you to unite us, God, and that tomorrow, as maybe we're off from work, maybe we don't have to go to school or whatever the case, God, would you remind us of the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., that we're better together, We don't need to be divided. We need to be united, God. And that because of humanity, because we're made in your image, we've got more in common than we have that's different. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, you may be seated. Y'all were like, please stop preaching. You haven't even started yet. Sit down. (laughs) All right, man. What a day. What a morning. It wasn't raining and it wasn't 30 degrees. It wasn't 70 degrees. It was nice and cool and crisp 50. I love mornings like that. Hey, as everyone's already said, next week we're celebrating a year. And they don't know because I didn't tell them. I've got all sorts of surprises and tricks up my sleeves. You know, we've worked too hard. We've punched the devil in the face too many times over the course of a year not to just get wild and just celebrate all that God's done. And I've got these things that I'm going to call it for the sake of keeping it mysterious I've got some trophies of grace like I don't know how it's called just a trophy of God's goodness and his grace and we're gonna display them next week we're gonna celebrate what God's done in some people's lives and I'm telling those people are trophies of God's grace so if you're here bring a friend next week with you if you got kids or neighborhood kids bring them with you we're gonna have the bounce houses going in the gym it's gonna be a good time for the kids to run and play and cut up and just celebrate because God's moving in their lives just like he's moving in here you know so that's next week now today we're doing part three of this series called frequency frequency Over the last couple weeks, we've kind of been laying a foundation. In week one, we were laying the foundation that God wants to speak to us. He's always speaking. But it's about us learning to tune in, to engage, to hear his voice. And we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit, the access that we have in the Holy Spirit to hear God's voice. We, if you're a believer and you've placed your faith in Jesus, you can hear God. 
You can hear him. He wants to speak to you. So if you missed that, go check out the podcast. It'll get you caught up. But that kind of lays the foundation. And then last week, we're like, if God wants to speak to us, why is it so hard to hear? Why? Like, we got to deal with distractions. So we learned how do we deal with distractions so that we can tune in and hear what God has for us? How do we do that? And I, I kind of likened it to, uh, if, imagine you're at Times Square and you want to have a conversation with me. But not just Times Square on a rainy Tuesday day. What about Times Square on New Year's Eve night and we're trying to have a conversation you better get really close up inside of my ear and start yelling if you want me to hear. That's what noise does. There's so much noise internally, externally that we have to deal with to hear God's voice. We got to get the noise out of the way. So we got to deal with distractions. That was last week. If you missed it, catch up with the podcast. But today, and last week was really practical. How do we deal with distractions? It's very practical. It is helpful. But today's even more practical. Because the concept, what do you mean? I can hear God's voice? That seems so abstract. I want to make it really practical, put some handles on that truth so that when we leave here, you've got some things you can practice. One of the classes I hated in college, I just didn't like it. I was like, why do I got to go to class twice a week? Like, this is dumb. I don't like it. You had to go, it was science. You had to go once for three hours to learn about science. And then you had to go for like an hour to do the lab. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got the class and the lab. And I was like, man, can't we just like not do one of them? Like, well, we got to do two things. But they wanted you to have lab. You wanted you to get to put into practice what you learned. Like you can't just learn it. You got to apply it. And We're going to do that today. At the end of today's service, we're going to have a lab where we get to put into practice how to hear the voice of God. All right. Um, I'm going to go back to a verse that we talked about last week. I hooked up everyone in the room. Everyone's like, hey, what's my purpose in life? I'll tell you. Um, Romans 8.29. Let me read this to you. Most of us are really familiar with Romans 8.28. We love that, right? Um, and I, we know that all things work for the good of those who, are called, who love him and who have been called according to his purpose, right? Like We really like that. All things are working out for my good. Yay, I feel good. <laughs> ah, but what's that purpose? What's my purpose? What's our purpose? So glad you asked. Verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the the firstborn among those many brothers and sisters. So the purpose of our life is that right there, to be conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed, to be more like Jesus every single day, more like his image, more like his likeness, the way he dealt with people. Come on, that's hard. But every single day, we're trying to be more like Jesus. That's our purpose. While we're here on earth, we're trying to be more like his image, be more like him, represent him well, represent him to the world. We're trying to be like Jesus. And one of the greatest ways I've found, there was a few things in my life that once it kind of got sorted out, my maturity in the Lord really started to take off. One was Bible reading, just regularly getting into a discipline and a habit, even when I didn't feel like it, to just regularly engage Scripture every single day. And so for the last 10 years, I've been able to read through the Bible in a year. And that sounds like, oh, that's so hard. 15 minutes a day. It's just consistency. It's not about intensity. Oh, I had to read the whole book of Genesis in one day. No, like that's intense. Like, no. It's about consistency. We just gradually like just, and that really kind of helped me get a foundation in my life of God's word and principles. And I, through reading God's word, you begin to get to see his character. Oh, that's how God operates. Man, he's really gracious with those. Like, 
I would have like killed all of them. He gave Nineveh a pass. Like he gave Jonah a pass. You start to see his character and nature. Like he's really good. Like he's really kind. He's really benevolent. He really provides in all sorts of creative ways. And it's through scripture reading that we begin to see that. But the second thing was community, getting around the right people that loved God and loved me and weren't insecure about our relationship, that they were secure enough in our friendship that they could begin to speak some truth into me. That helped me a bunch. But the third thing, hearing God's voice. I didn't know we could hear God's voice. I grew up in church, heard about the gift of prophecy and the gifts of the spirit. All that's heard about it, but practically had zero clue how to hear God's voice. No one ever taught me. It wasn't a Bible school class only. This is how you hear God's voice. No one ever taught me. And so I got exposed and encountered this truth and this teaching. No, no, like practically, like you can hear God's voice. Like he speaks all throughout scripture to people. Like he speaks in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Like God's the word Like he speaks to his people. So we're going to get in that today, how we can hear God's voice and the Holy Spirit helps us. All right. The key to any relationship is communication. How often is it that we can get one sided in a relationship, one sided with our communication? Anybody ever done that with the Lord? We go into like, Lord, I got a grocery list. Hope you got some time. Here we go. One. And we just start rattling off. Like, I need you to take this person. Hey, if you're still into it, could you just strike them dead? They're really getting on my nerves. And then, um, yeah, Lord, I need you to help me out with rent this month. Oh, you know, we just go to them like, you know, I kind of got this thing in my hip too. And look, there's a place. Maybe not striking people dead. Like, delete that from the podcast. But there's a place for those type of requests with the Lord. Like, we can bring our petitions to him. That's okay. But there's such a depth and there's such, like, it's so much more, praying so much more than just asking for stuff. And I almost think it's like God's fishing with us because he wants a relationship. And he's like, I'm just going to put a lot, I'm going to answer some prayers and I, yeah, I'm going to take care of that. So you'll keep coming back to me to like, yes, I am your source. Keep coming back to me. I'm the source. Keep coming back. But like the relationship starts to mature and it's more than just asking God for stuff to provide. It begins like, no, 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 no. I don't want to just speak about that situation. I want to speak about who you are. This is how I see you. This is what I want you. This is what I want for you. I want to remind you that you're love. And it, it just, it, it starts off with God, I need this Santa Claus. Let me get, and then it just begins to come into this more thing. No, this is who you are. It's two way. It's not just one way. God, I need stuff. It's like, This is who you are. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm calling you to do. And it's two-way, not just one way. And that's the key to any good relationship. you got to have communication that's two-sided, not just one-sided. So the primary way God speaks to us is through the Bible. But we also see that he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. If you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew 4, verse 4. Actually, I lied. I'm going to start on verse 3. During that time, all right, so Jesus just got baptized. We talked about this last week, but I want to reference it in case you missed it, just to set up today. Jesus got baptized by his cousin John the Baptist. It was the beginning before his public ministry. And it's just a wonderful picture of the Trinity. Jesus is there in the flesh. Incarnation, right? Chili con carne. He's in the flesh, skin. The word of God's wrapped in flesh. That's happening. Jesus, hello. And then we see God the Father in heaven goes, this is my son who I am well pleased. That's two out of the Trinity. Then we see the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and set on him like a dove. You see the Trinity. It's beautiful, right? You see that. 
right after that happened, we see that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert for a 40-day fast. That's got to be the devil, man. 40 days, no food. Now, that's the Holy Spirit leading him into the desert. And that's where we pick up at the end of those 40 days. All right, verse 3. Here we go. Matthew 4, verse 3. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4. But Jesus said to him, No. The scripture says, people do not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another translation says, every word that proceeds from the word of God. Yes, we've got the Bible. Yes, we've got the canon. Yes, we've got these 66 books wrapped together, Old Testament, New Testament, by multiple authors. Yes, we have that, and it speaks to us. But the word of God isn't only inside of the Bible. John In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. We don't want to just limit the Word of God to Scripture. Yes, that's the Word of God, but it's not just that. So he says, Jesus like, look, I don't need food. I don't need bread. I'm I'm cutting carbs. I'm cutting everything. I'm not eating anything. I'm not going to turn these stones into bread. You're misquoting the Scripture, and he says, people don't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He was quoting Deuteronomy. And what we see here is that God's word gives us nourishment. God's word that he speaks fills us up. You can be going through the hardest time, and you can get a word from God, and you've got exactly what you need to be satisfied, to be fulfilled, to have the strength, to have the nutrients that you need to make it. God's word does that. The second thing we see about the word of God is found in Romans ten seventeen. Let me read this to you. It's a verse that a lot of us probably are familiar with. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, faith doesn't come from us. Hope comes from us, right? We want to hope. We want to hope. We want to hope. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe. Yeah, but that doesn't make me have faith. Like it doesn't. The best way I know to describe this, you walk outside and you hear an airplane kind of tune in. I hear, I hear airplane. Oh, there it is. Did you cause that airplane to fly? No, you just tuned in and heard that there's an airplane flying overhead, right? You heard it. You kind of tuned in. That's what faith is. You didn't cause faith. You just simply heard, saw the airplane, and then believed there's an airplane flying overhead. That's what the word of God does. When God speaks a word, he creates Check this. What language does God speak? English? No. Hebrew? He's Jewish, right? Like, no. Go to Genesis. What language does God speak? When God speaks, he creates. The language God speaks is creation. The language God speaks is reality because what he says becomes reality. And when we begin to learn to hear the voice of the Lord, when faith comes by hearing and hearing from God's word, when we begin to hear, we begin to experience what God's speaking. That's why it's so powerful. I don't think you're sold. Let me, let me give another example. Think about the disciples. They're crossing over the Sea of Galilee. They just saw some amazing miracles the feeding of the 5,000. They had seen people get healed. They're crossing over and a storm comes up. Jesus is asleep in the boat. Anybody remember the story? Jesus is asleep in the boat and they are losing it. 
they're losing it. Oh, my goodness. Does he not even care that we're all about to die? And they go and shake him up. Jesus, wake up. What are you doing? We're about to die. What did he do? He spoke. Peace, be still. And what happened? Peace. He spoke and he created peace. The winds stopped. The waves stopped. (sighs) They were filled with peace. Who is this guy that even the wind obeys him? The language of heaven is creation. When God speaks, he creates. And that's why it's so critical for us to learn to hear God's voice. It's some type of spirit-to-spirit exchange. Like It's like we're so taught to learn by how we think, right? Like you got to catch it cerebrally and then you can experience. But like God just knows how to bypass our mind sometimes. God, we're walking by faith, not by sight. This does not make sense to me on paper. Like, I, But you said do it. And we, he just kind of can just boom. He can hit our heart where we're like, I just know. How? Because he speaks to us spirit to spirit. And he makes this connection with us. Um, but look, faith doesn't come by trying really hard. Faith comes by hearing. It comes by hearing, and when we hear God's word, it transforms us. Something inside of just faith, like I've experienced this, God can do it. So I'm going to give you some really practical things, but I just let, let me just tell you what this has looked like in my life. Because I think sometimes, like, what does that look like? Oh, great, when you hear God's voice, what does that look like? How do you, all right. God primarily, like, look, why are there different learning styles? Why are there different learning styles? Because there's different types of learners. Anybody know that in school, right? Some of us are like visual. Yo, you better put it on the whiteboard. You better spell it out. I got to see it. If I can see it on the board or I can see it in front of me on paper, I'll understand it, right? Anybody visual, you just got to see it. Like, it's got to make sense. All right, and then you connect the dots. Some of us are auditory. Like, if you can hear it, like, if I can just hear it one time, like, I'll remember it. Like, I'll learn it. Like, don't just show me on paper. Like, tell it to me. Walk me through. Anybody auditory? Like, you just like, I got to hear it. Like, Houston, me and Houston, man. I mean Houston auditory. Like, that's how I am. That's why I like foreign languages, because if I can hear it, I'll remember it. Like, I'm auditory. Like, I learned that way. I, like, um, and then lastly, kinesthetic. Hey, let me take it apart with my hands. Let me put it back together. And if I get to use my hands and touch it and kind of play and move it around, I'll remember. Anybody got a friend? Like, all they got to do is drive to a location one time, and they'll remember it the rest of it. They're kinesthetic, right? Because they put the, uh-huh, and then I left, and then I saw that barn, and then I took a ride. And Kinesthetic, get your hands. I'm telling you, I think that God primarily speaks to us the way we learn. I do, because he knows how he wired us. Like, he knows how we already function and how we think. I'm telling you, the way I... Strong kinesthetic. I'll get a feeling. You ever heard this? I just felt like we were supposed to do that. Like, I just got this. You, you, yeah, you sure did. It's the Holy Spirit giving you an impression, like leading you that way. Kinesthetic. Man, I just, a picture kind of came to mind when we were praying about that. I just kind of got this picture. Like, could you, man, imagine like what that would be like with this and this and this picture. Man, as we were praying about that situation, I, a word, like a phrase kind of came to mind. Um, or a Bible verse or something, something came to mind. You heard it. Kinesthetic, auditory, visual. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will speak to us the way he wired us. We kind of got these ways that just, I'm not saying you can't one or the other. I'm just saying, like, God knows how to best speak to us because he made us. And those are some of the ways I've seen. Visual, auditory, kinesthetic. All right. Let me get really practical in one second. I want to tell you a story. April and I were doing campus ministry, working with um, 
undergrad students at SMU, Southern Methodist University. And we were launching the semester, and you know, you got to launch the semester really big in the fall and then again in the spring. You just, people forget all about you, man. They go home and eat, and they forget, they get out of that rhythm of Bible studies and all that stuff, right? So we launched this uh, the beginning of the semester. We did this big event with, uh, not in and out, uh, Five Guys Burgers and ice skating, and we just hyped it up. There was free money from the school. We applied, we got it, and we just blew all of it, man. Rented out the ice skating ring, Five Guys Cater. We just went in. It's like, we're playing with house money. Let's go, man. This ain't my money. So we just went for it, and we had buses that brought in students and all that stuff, and it was just a really fun event, ice skating and people making friends and inviting people to start joining up with Bible studies. We were doing that. Our campus ministry was hosting the event. And during this event, the Lord spoke this really weird thing to me. Well, I thought it was weird, but I heard it. I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do with that? There was this kid who was African-American, and he had red hair. And it was so neat, man. I was like, all right. And I just saw him. I skated by. I was like, all right, that's cool, man. I hadn't seen a lot of, like, red-headed cool guys that are African-American. All right. And he went by as I was skating around, and then he skated back around in front of me. And the Lord put this in, in my heart, put this phrase in my heart. He's praying about a leadership position, and I really want him to do it. It's pretty specific, God. Like, I'm going to feel weird telling him that if it's wrong. Like, it's pretty specific. Like, I'm kind of on the hook, God, if you better be right. Like, I better be listening. Like, ah. But I just knew. I just knew, like, all right. Like, you just know. When you hear God, you just know you got to do something with it. You can't sit on it. You can't put it in your pocket. So when he skated back around, I was like, What's up, man? You know, like, kind of, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. I was like, oh, it's cool. And he was telling me his whole deal. He was like, look, I know this could sound a little bit weird. I don't know where you're at with faith or anything like that. I think God wants you to know that there's a leadership position you've been thinking about or maybe praying about, and that he really wants you to take it. I was like, does that make any sense to you? This dude starts crying, starts like, oh, my goodness. Like, how did you know? Like, what? Like, how did you know? I was like, no, I just, I was like, well, tell me about it. What's going on? He's like, man, I really want to run for student council and like, and be the president and run for that. And I just, I felt like I was supposed to do it. I am a believer, but I just don't want to do it because I know the time commitment and it's a hard school and I'm worried I'm going to be able to make it, like get it all done. But now I feel like I got to do it. He turns out crushing it, he wins the election or whatever it was with the student government, ends up becoming a part of our Bible study and all this thing. And the next thing you know, he's the president of our campus ministry for two years. Like, you just never know. Like, on the other side of a word, you just don't know. Because when God speaks, he creates. Anyway, I wanted to share that. Uh, Letitia. One of the greatest host teams, members, leaders we've got was one of our interns in Dallas. In Dallas, we started learning how to hear the voice of God and teaching this type of stuff to the interns. And uh, she gets out of the program, graduates, finishes it. There's about a year, and then the Lord calls April and I from Dallas to here to plant the church. She's praying and fasting during that time, and she gets a word from the Lord, an impression from the Lord to leave her or to transfer with her company, leave Dallas, and move to Raleigh to help plant the church. I'm so glad that she heard God's word and started to do it, man. She's crushing it on the hospital. I'm just telling you, God's word creates. It has the power to create. You can be going through one of the worst of life situations, and you can just ask God, what do you want to speak? What do you want to say? Like, I'm listening. 
And he instantly he can speak faith. He can speak peace. He can speak joy. He can speak. So let me, let me give you a couple things. When you think you've heard something from God, like, all right, we talked about last week how to begin doing that and all that and, like, setting time aside. I'll review that in a second. But when you think, like, oh, dude, I really think I just heard God. Like, is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? Like, who is that? Like, who is? Here's a couple questions to ask. Number one, does what I've seen, heard, or felt, one of the felt, one of the impressed with, does this line up with Scripture? That's the first question you ask. God would never speak anything that contradicts his word. Never. Never. Does what I've seen, heard, or sensed line up with Scripture? And then the second part of that is, does it line up with God's nature that's revealed in Scripture? You know, all throughout Scripture, you, can, you see how he reveals himself. You see what he's like. You see how he thinks. You see how he's loving and gracious. You see that. The second thing, if we've heard something from God, we've kind of got to, you know, not everything we hear, that's just a thought, right? That's just some crazy fajitas you ate from yesterday. That ain't the Lord, right? You're like, oh, what is that? Like, I think I should just move to Mexico and hang out in Cabo all day. That may not be the Lord, right? That might be the flesh. Like, we, we talked about the distractions last week, the devil, the world, and the flesh. That that's the flesh down in Cabo. Go visit, but come back where your job's at. Like, all right, too much fun. All right. So look, number one, does what I've seen, heard, or since line up with Scripture and the nature of God? The number two, so so huge, does it produce the fruit of the Spirit? From Galatians 5.22, you guys remember that? Y'all remember the fruit of the Spirit? When I hear this thing from the Lord, does it produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? If you hear something that's creating and producing that in your life, I promise you it's not the devil. I promise you the devil's not going to give you something that's producing love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kind. He's not going to do that. He's going to give something to you that's going to create confusion and doubt and worry and stress. And, oh, my God, are we going to make it? That's coming from the devil, not the Lord. And then one more thing. I didn't write it down. It's not on here, but it's just it's helped me. If it just seems way smarter than you, it's probably from the Lord. It's probably from the Lord. Look, so the primary way is we've got the Holy Spirit produce. We got, we got that. Does what I've seen, heard, since line up with Scripture, does it produce the fr- some of the fruit of the Spirit? All right? The other way we've got is the Bible. We've got the Bible, the role of Scripture in hearing God's voice. Look, the Bible was written to you, but it was never, or excuse me, the Bible was written for you, but it was never written to you. It wasn't. Like, come on, you ever read, like, the letters of Paul? He's like, dear church in Ephesus, right? Who was it written to? It was written to... The Ephesians, it was written to them. It wasn't written to us. It was written to them. It was written to them. But it was written for us. The principles of God are timeless. When you open up the Bible, what you get from that is timeless. It's timeless. So even though it wasn't written to us, it was still written for us, and it's for our benefit. All scriptures God breathed. It's good for teaching. It's good for correction. It's good to build us up. It's good for all of those. But it wasn't just written to us. It was written for us. So look, the next time you're reading your Bible and it's not making sense, I'm telling you, begin to just do a Google search. Get a Bible with a commentary. Hey, what was going on? Like, what was going on in that context of those people? It was inspired by God, but God inspired Paul to write that letter to a specific situation. Right? So let's kind of figure out, well, what was going on in that situation? Because when we begin to do that, we begin to learn more of God's character and nature and what he was doing in that. Oh, man. 
I love this. I'm telling you, God's measure, God's word is the measure we use if we think he's speaking. You never just take a word and like, oh, is this from the Lord? We always weigh that word on what the scripture says. God would never contradict himself in scripture. So that's the measuring stick we always use. I'm, I'm telling you, knowing the Bible and having the Bible transform you are two different things. Did you know that? Like you can know the Bible and totally not be transformed by the Bible. Come on. I bet you the devil's a pretty good theologian. Like I bet you he's probably got some of the ways God, I bet he's got it sorted. I bet he knows all the scripture, right? But you can know the scripture and not be transformed by it. That's why we need the role of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you ever just done your Bible reading? Let's get really honest. You ever just read it and you're like 15 minutes into it and you're like, dude, I don't even know what I read. Like, whew, right? But then there's some other times when you're reading it and you're just like, oh my goodness, that just hit me like a bag of bricks right in the face. Bah! And just like the words jumped off of it and you're just like, oh, what do I do with that? Because it's right. This is why. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Another translation is living and active. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Man, I've had thoughts in my life that I thought were maybe from the Lord, and then when I prayed about it or weighted up against the Bible, it was so selfish. It was so motivated by greed. Like, God just wants to bless me with a new car, like, that had nothing to do with God, man. I was just tired of that car. And I was, you know what I mean? Like, but God's word, can you believe that God's word can cut between the soul and the spirit? Where does that end and that begin? Like, what? That's like really, that's up in the atoms now. Like that's, between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, God's word can get that specific between the joint and the marrow? It's so we always want to be wrestling and weighing whatever we're feeling and speaking and hearing against God's word. But I'm telling you, God's word is living and active. It's not some old archaic document that they just found. It was inspired by God and it's alive. And when we read it, it reads us. God's word knows what we're going through. The Holy Spirit knows what we need to hear, knows what we need to be reminded of. So we always want to like approach hearing the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to help us hear. We talked about that. The Holy Spirit, and then we've got the Bible. That's kind of the measuring stick for all of this. The primary way God's going to speak to you is through the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, meet me today. I'll hook you up and give you one right now, okay? God's word, he speaks to us. That's the measuring stick. But it's alive and it's active and it changes us. And then the third thing is community. 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 We can be blind and deceived sometimes and not even know it. Jesus said in Matthew, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into a pit, right? We can come into community and we can have somebody else with another set of eyes. Hey, man, I know you felt like you were saying that God spoke to you to uh, divorce your wife. Uh not really sure that's the Lord. Here's some verses that talks about that. Or these criteria, is this in place? Is this going on? Or, um, um, man, I know you said you really feel like you're about to quit this job. Um, let's talk about that. You know, when we had this word in our heart to come plant this church, the first thing I did was pray about it. The second thing I did after it wouldn't go away was talk to April about it. Hey, am I crazy? Like, no, I kind of feel like we're supposed to do that too. 
after that, it was talk to Pastor Joe and Pastor Nancy, our spiritual authority. Hey, look, I've prayed about this for three, three months and it won't go away. Let me submit this. Let me just, what do you think about this? Is that, are we crazy? Have we lost our mind? No, it feels like the Lord's on that, Stuart. Let me pray about it. Let's, because we all have blind spots. But sometimes, this is what Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Come on, we need friends in our life that'll just cut us so we don't run off of a cliff. No, no, that's really not a good idea, man. Like, I don't think that's the Lord at all. Man, I think, I think, I think you might be missing it. Let's pray about it together. Come on. We need friends in our life that are so secure in their relationship with us, they don't mind selling us the truth. Not to be mean, like, ah, oh, you're just an idiot. Don't ever do that. Not, like, not those friends, but those friends that love you so much that even if they got the wound, you look, I love you so much, but I'm telling you the decisions you're making right now are going to mess you up, and I don't want you to get messed up. Come back. You know, come back. I know you're talking about this idea over here that you're supposed to leave and move to China and do all this. Man, when I pray about that, I don't have any peace. Are you sure you're hearing the Lord? Have you really prayed about that? Let's pray about it together. We need wounds from a friend. We don't need kisses from an enemy. Come on, that's the, they'll love you one minute, and the next minute they're throwing knives in your back. We don't need those type of friends and enemies. We need honest friends that are loyal, that love us, that are secure enough with us to call us out when we need it. We need that. But that doesn't just happen overnight. It's got to be developed. So look, here are the three things. If you want to get better at hearing God's voice, here's three practical things you can do and start it today. Number one, set an appointment. When something's important to us, we set an appointment. We don't miss it. Calendar it in. I'm gonna, I know at 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go meet with God at my kitchen table in my chair that Charlotte's ripped most of the paint off of. I know that's my place, man. God speaks to me in that chair. I don't know. Like, it doesn't have to do it that way, but that's just, that's my spot. So I know that's when I'm going to set my appointment here. And I'm telling you, prepare an atmosphere. God always comes to a prepared atmosphere. In Exodus, he gave some of the most elaborate descriptions on how to build the tabernacle. So prepare an atmosphere. Cut the TV off. Put your phone on airplane mode so when you're doing your Bible reading plan, you're not getting all these Instagram notifications. Or prepare an atmosphere. God, I'm here to hear your word today. Speak to me. Prepare an atmosphere. The second thing, ask the right questions. Ask the right questions. Sometimes we're going to God, God, what do you think about this person? Should I date them? And you're kind of sitting like, I don't hear anything. God, uh, what about this job? I feel like I'm, I'm really seeking you, God. Should I take this new job? crickets. We don't hear anything. Maybe that's not what God wants to speak about that day. Maybe we should ask a different question. Hey, God, who do you say that I am? And just wait. You'll be amazed at what you'll think, what you'll hear, what you'll see, what you'll feel, what Bible verses begin to come to mind. I hadn't heard that Bible verse in Sunday school when I was a little kid. That's what the Holy Spirit does is the word of God's living and active. Ask the right questions. Sometimes we're so focused on, should I do this? And God's like, no, no, I don't care about that. I want you to know who you are. Because if you know who you are, I'm trying to speak to you about identity today. If you know that, that will sort itself out. So if you're like, I don't hear anything, switch up the question. Ask a different question. And then number three, be still and listen. 
be still and listen. Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. My name will be exalted amongst the nations, man. It's one of the greatest mission verses ever, and it always gets cut in half. Be still and know that I am God. And that drives me bananas. No, I will be exalted amongst the nations. He's going to work this thing out. We can be still and we can know that he's God and he's going to work it out. His name will be exalted amongst the nations. So the next time you're trying to hear God's voice, set an appointment. This is my time with the Lord and it's non-negotiable. You can't have it. I'm going to. This is going to happen regularly in my life. I'm going to ask the right questions. I'm going to open up my ears. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm just going to get still and listen. The number three, be still and listen. Be still. Stop striving. If I just try really hard, I'll finally hear. No, stop that. His yoke is easy. His burden's light. Just stop striving. Just sit still. Hey, Holy Spirit, I want to hear from you, God. And I'm telling you, when he begins to speak, it will create peace. It will create faith. It will create hope. Whatever you're short on, he will create. But that's how he does it. So look, even when you're unsure, listen and be faithful to do what you are sure of. Even when you're unsure, listen and be faithful to do what you don't know. All right, all right. Is this good? Does this help anybody? I'm telling you, when I got exposed to this, man, it really, because I kind of knew some of this stuff from experience, but I, like, I didn't have words for it. I didn't have a language. It's like, I don't know, sometimes I'll get a feeling. Like, what is that? Well, that's how God's speaking to me. I just was missing it. I just thought I was like, oh, I just got really good inclination. No, I got the Holy Spirit inside of me trying to get me in a direction. And sometimes we miss it, right? Just, can I just let you know, sometimes we miss it. Like, I did not know I was supposed to meet April, okay? This woman sent me a random email when I was still in Brazil. Hey, I like this girl. She was my camp, my daughter's camp counselor. She's amazing. You should go meet her. I totally disregarded that and, like, whatever, totally forgot about it. Didn't think twice. I got back home, and I had four different people tell me the same exact thing. So by the fifth time, hey, Holy Spirit, I think you're trying to speak to me. I think you want me to meet this girl, April. Who the heck is April, right? Like, So let me just let you know. Take the pressure off of yourself. If you miss it, God's infinite in all of his ways. He's infinite in his page. He's gonna, he will get it. He'll, he'll give us another Bible verse. It'll come back up again. He'll give us another situation that puts us back on our knees. He will bring us back around to the point. He's going, we're going to pass the test, okay? He loves us. He's for us. You'll get another opportunity. So even if you miss it, just take the pressure off of yourself, all right? Do your best. Listen in. And God, God's gracious, okay? He's really gracious with us. All right, did this help anybody? All right, so that was the class portion, right? That was the academia. Now it's the practical. It's the straight-up practical. We're going to open up our hearts, and we're going to ask this question. Holy Spirit, what do you want me to know today? What, What are you trying to say to me? We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.